that in our community, you can move here and actually have influence in the community because it is smaller. You can have access to decision makers that you would not have in a big center. Welcome to Startup Hill, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and this is our second of five episodes in a special mini-series leading up to the Uniting the Prairies Conference. Uniting the Prairies, or UP Conference, is a virtual conference on June 23rd and 24th that brings together the top startups from across the Canadian prairies to connect with global investors and tech leaders and collectively elevate the prairie tech community. Head to unitingtheprairies.com to learn more and get your ticket. Leading up to the conference, we're hosting a five-episode miniseries to highlight the five major prairie tech cities in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Check out the three previous episodes on Saskatoon, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. And today, we're featuring Regina, Saskatchewan. We talked with Matt Fellman, co-founder and CEO of Offstreet, Trevor Phoenix, managing partner of Broad Street Bulls, and Tina Beaudry-Miller, chief economic growth officer of economic development Regina. Welcome to Startup Bill. Startup Bill is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. This five-episode series is possible thanks to Colab, Saskatoon's tech incubator, and the organizers of the UP Conference. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us here on Startupville today. I think I'll start with Tina. Um, Tina, for those who don't know, I hate saying give us your elevator pitch over who you are. Um, I would like to just welcome you to Startupville and say, Tina, for those who do not know who you are, um, please let us uh, have your introduction and with whom you work. So currently, I'm the Chief Economic Growth Officer here at Economic Development Regina. And prior to that, I was the Minister for Advanced Education, Innovation, Saskatchewan, and the Status of Women uh, for the Government of Saskatchewan. Thank you, Tina. And Trevor. Hi there. Thanks again. Trevor Phoenix. I'm the currently the managing partner of the Broad Street Bulls. Um, the Bulls is kind of a, a side gig for me as well as, as it is for many founders when they're starting up. Um, I do have numerous businesses operational that I also support. So I spread my time between supporting even our portfolio companies, but my own businesses along with kind of the uh, mandate and the, the goal of the Broad Street Bulls. And uh, Matt, Tell us a little bit about you. My name is Matt Fallman, co-founder and CEO of Offstreet Technology. We're a Regina-based software startup. We build uh, license plate-based parking validation software. So we technically founded the company in 2016, 2017. Me and my co-founder, Kyle, quit our jobs to work on it full-time. By 2018, we kind of launched the first version of our product. Um, as of today, we've got eight employees and our software is deployed kind of across North America, mostly in Canada. And yeah, that's, that's kind of a high level history of off street. Again, thank you so much for joining us here on Startupville. I suppose the thing I'd like to address is really, this is all about uniting the prairies, this special sort short series that we're doing right now and bringing uh, different areas of the prairies together, really looking at that collaborating, sharing ideas, supporting each other. Tina, as someone in the position of being the uh, Chief Economic Growth Officer of Economic Development Regina, how difficult is it not to get into the, well, I mean, I would hope that you would celebrate Regina, 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 but how do you balance that with the greater vision of the prairies? 
Well, I mean, it's really not that difficult because what benefits the prairies and what benefits the province of Saskatchewan ultimately benefits uh, our region. Um, and so anytime we can bring wealth and, and technology opportunities here is a good thing for all of us. And I think in particular, if I could just speak to the province of Saskatchewan has, I think, done a really incredible job of this in, in supporting the ecosystem in many of the ways that it has with you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have brought in the legislation that brought in the STSI, the Saskatchewan Technology Startup Incentive. Still, I think the most aggressive one in Western Canada. And as we come out of COVID, you know, some of those those plans and programs, I think, are important to the ecosystem and helping us grow even further. So, I mean, it's not it's not terribly difficult to balance. I will say that I am of the view that we are going to try to compete some of our other prairie jurisdictions as much as possible. There's a lot of poaching going on or attempts at poaching at some of our big anchors in the ecosystem. We all know that. And part of my job is to help prevent that from happening and to find new anchors and grow new anchors here at home. So from a perspe- from the perspective of being um, uh, a Regina-based organization, and, and I'll go with um, Matt on this one, what is it about Regina for you uh, as a part of the wider prairies and not wanting to go, well, you know, we've created this idea, it's worked, we've proved it, let's now take it to a bigger centre. What keeps you here on the prairies and specifically Regina? <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny you would ask that uh, because ironically, I actually moved to Vancouver uh, January 2020 uh, because our biggest client is here. Our two biggest clients are here. That's so uh, my team and company is in Regina, but I moved to be with our customers and that turned out to be a very good decision for the business. So sorry, I didn't get the answer you wanted there. Oh no. I mean, it's absolutely, it's absolutely a valid question because what you've painted is the picture that you didn't up sticks and move the whole, uh, the whole operation. It was an individual part of the system. And so you kept the engine, the 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 driving force, absolutely here uh, in uh, in Saskatchewan. Um, so, absolutely, do not worry about that, uh, Trevor. Um, what is it about Regina, and certainly the number of uh, startups you've seen here in in Saskatchewan that has really um, inspired you, thrilled you that this is an exciting place to be. Uh, we're pretty fortunate being a, an early fund and um, in terms of a young fund, uh, we were able to take advantage of a lot of the early uh, momentum that was kind of created through the SDSI development and through a lot of the other government incentives. So we've been able to see some pretty phenomenal startups grow very quickly um, and take advantage of a lot of those programs. And uh, maybe timely, but Offstreet actually was one of our first portfolio company investments. Um, and case in point, in terms of we didn't necessarily have any concern with the fact that Matt would move. The core team would be here. This is where the talent would be would be placed. And we thought it was a, an ideal investment, given the fact that they did have access to all the Saskatchewan resources that were at their disposal. And I suppose that's an endorsement, Tina, of the programs that you've been a part of and you've helped put together to keep those teams and those that talent here. And let's face it, the business of each startup because sometimes we get very excited about the tech leader and i'm not saying oh the tech leader is over there but it's it's very much the business the you know the accountancy side the the operational side 
you know, is very attracted to this place. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I would agree. And I think that, that just to go back to some of the government support that's happened to help grow the ecosystem, you know, I mean, not just the STSI, but we have the made in Saskatchewan technology program, which, you know, allowed government to be the first customer for some of our small startups. And I can think of, for example, um, Sari Salander's company um, was able to take advantage of that in particular. And, and so there have been others. The innovation challenges have been helpful there. Um, and, and certainly the Ag Tech Growth Fund, which was announced uh, more recently, which will do a lot for some of the investments that we've announced more recently in the ag space uh, in Saskatchewan, which I think provides tremendous, tremendous niche area opportunities for our ecosystem here. And just on, uh, and I'm coming back to the the you know the fact that you kept the business um, here in in Saskatchewan, um, Matt. The talent is clearly a part of this, especially when you're in that in that growth phase after you've done the proving and you're bringing talent in. Uh, one of the people that I know, Melanie, who now works for you, Melanie Laura, who works for you, uh, was attracted by, you know, the forward thinking of your organization and the opportunities that you have going forwards as a company. What is it about uh, talent attraction here in in Saskatchewan that really appeals to you? Yeah, I mean, first off, Melanie's great. She's been an excellent addition to the team. We're super happy to have her. Um, so yeah, it's funny you guys have that connection. Uh, I think there is a bit of an advantage in Regina with talent recruitment from the perspective Regina doesn't have as many um, larger scale technology companies. Like if you look at Saskatoon, you have Vendasta and Seven Shifts and Coconut and they, and you know, Skip as well. And they created a lot of jobs and they employ a lot of people in the ecosystem. And that's uh, good, obviously. But at the same token from Regina, we don't have to necessarily compete against all of those super large companies. We do have large companies ourselves, obviously. Um, but Saskatoon's ecosystem is just... I would say maybe a couple years ahead of ours. And because of that, I think you're able to get higher quality people that want to stay in Regina than you might not be able to get elsewhere. One of the things that I've noticed, and and this has been a theme on many of the previous episodes of Startupville, has been that when we first started this production with Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications a number of years ago now, we were in the position of, always asking the question, what are the challenges about attracting talent to a smaller centre, whether it be here or, you know, Saskatoon or Regina or, or wherever, compared to people off in the valley who are doing this, that and the other, big, exciting, fast, click, 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 moving on. And yet, as time's gone by, and there have been very few th- positives relating to the pandemic except for maybe the strength of society and community has been demonstrated but also the willingness of people to reconsider what their work-life balance is moving from somewhere which is a big expensive city to live in to something that really can offer them quality of life and one of the themes from speaking to um, the other centers across the prairies during this build-up to the UP conference has been that the interest from people going from the larger centres to a more rural centre or returning to the prairies for those familial links has certainly been a stronger thing. Um, 
Tina, in that sense, um, for conversations that you have and, and conversations you've had previously when it's come to uh, decision-making uh, within the province, how important uh, a target or a goal or a dream and ambition has it been to really attract people to move here as a part of the machine of tech? Oh, well, this is such a great, I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation because it's front of mind right now as we're you know, seeking to be a competitive jurisdiction. So, I mean, the, your point about the smaller communities is very well made. And I think there are a lot of people looking for quality of life. We've been thinking about that lot as an organization in economic development, because, I mean, I would say that most people in, in, in Regina certainly uh, have, a, have a cottage that they can go to on the weekends. They're not house poor. And when we do have the ability to travel again, most people that live here aren't house poor. We can actually travel and not being so much in debt because our, our housing prices are such that we can't actually go anywhere. So there is a real quality of life aspect there that I think is going to become more important as we come out of COVID. And as we look to attract talent, I think it's really been important that we're seeing some movement um, from the post-secondaries in this space as well, looking at micro-credentialing. There's some movement there to allow students to sort of debundle programs and put things together in a way that's, that fits them better, which suits the sort of gig economy, but also sort of suits the um, people's desire to have a meshing of skills that creates innovation. And I think there's some great opportunities there. So I've seen some great things from SAS Poly in particular, but U of S did an MOU with Colabs. U of R has the agribusiness program that they're looking to develop. So there's a lot of these parts are moving at the same time. Um, at, a, at, a, at an important and unique time in our in our history and certainly in, as we come out of recovery. So, I mean, I, these are all moving in the right direction at exactly the right time. And I think that Regina and uh, in particular has a real competitive opportunity here. I think uh, if I could uh, kind of just give you a little bit of insight, you may not be aware, but I actually am one of those relocations. So um, I actually own businesses myself in Alberta, in Saskatchewan, and in Manitoba. Uh, I was based out of Calgary for about 12 years. I'd originally grown up in Saskatchewan, moved to Calgary, started three businesses there, ended up selling one of the software businesses. My one business, Alberta, is still operational. And we made the decision to move back largely for family and for that lifestyle. So we had cabins and they were in Saskatchewan. So we were driving back on long weekends, things like that. So uh, once I moved back and really immersed myself in the ecosystem, um, the Broad Street Bulls mandate is focused on primarily ecosystem support and growth in Saskatchewan, but we have investments across the prairies and that's partially because we have our own businesses. My partner with the Bulls, he's got businesses across the prairies. Um, and so we're running businesses and uh, I can say myself, I've been able to take advantage of STSI, the Ag Tech Growth Fund, uh, we've got funding for our own startups through that. So, I mean, it is just like an ideal location for those entrepreneurs that are looking to move back and potentially um, reduce some of the obstacles to growth when they're starting up these businesses. I'm so glad to see that there is this opportunity for people to see um, Saskatchewan as a place that they want to be. But looking at the wider prairies as a, a true alternative and a place of opportunity as against, you know, a, a Toronto or, a, you know, going across to America, to a New York, to a to a wherever it may be. Um, quality of life absolutely comes into it. And, and you know, um, you know, Matt, in this sense, you know, quality of life 
where you are there's there's absolutely nothing against that and i want to be absolutely clear on that it's just a very it's a different lifestyle in different places but one of the things that i'd like to kind of bring to bring as a question to all of you is the thing that you would say to people as to why now this isn't a sales pitch of why you think people should move to the prairies and i'm going to widen it to the prairies but if it is one thing that you get on the prairies that you wouldn't get in a big city and we've already excluded cabin life so no one can have that one but what is uh one thing from each of you that you know if people moved out of a big center to uh, the prairies what they could uh, experience i'll start with uh, trevor uh, i think it's probably the cross-border support again i mean I, i'm based out of regina uh, but we have partners and and solid colleagues and friends that are supporting numerous businesses across the border to Manitoba, across the border to Alberta. And everybody truly is helping uh, the other startups and the other companies uh, unlock potential opportunities on the sales side, talent pipelines opening up, um, as well as just generally, even the interprovincial governments seem to be playing pretty nicely in the sandbox and just supporting the overall growth from this kind of cluster uh, within Canada. And Matt. Uh, I would say there is something unique about the prairies in terms of like community feel. I know that's very vague, but what I mean by that is like a, a concrete example would be, I think in Regina, you would have a higher probability that your neighbor will shovel your walk randomly than in Vancouver, your neighbor will mow your grass randomly. There is just a sense people are a bit more neighborly. Um, and if that's important to you, especially if you've got, you know, a family and kids, um, I could definitely see that being an appealing feature. And Tina. I, I, I think our strength is our size, is the fact that we are smaller. People constantly tell me, and, and it certainly is the truth, that in our community, you can move here and actually have influence in the community because it is smaller. You can have access to decision makers that you would not have in a big center. I mean, you know, we, we know, I, I knew as minister, I knew almost all the players in the ecosystem uh, on a first name basis. And, and people in, in Toronto, for example, don't have that experience at all. And so there's a real opportunity here to be a leader in your community and to have influence in your community and have access to decision makers and potentially beyond decision making tables uh, on the prairies in a way that doesn't exist in some of the bigger centers. I I think that I'll say this as someone who's moved from London and 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 uh, it's it's obviously a very different dynamic. It's a very different city. It's you know the the tech scene is is in a different place, uh, but it's incredibly fragmented, and that's the biggest thing. In that, um, a bit like Trevor was saying, you've got this sense of people are willing to support and collaborate or share an idea, hop onto a Slack or whatever whatever system you're using to interact with each other. Where at home with, uh, and people have heard me mention Silicon Roundabout before, it's kind of the area where all the different tech hubs have come together. You've really got a very closed door policy where 
in one city, you know, if you're in this incubator, you don't talk to these people. If you're at, I don't know, level 39 and you're at the pinnacle of fintech or whatever it is, you don't talk to the people over here who are in, you know, uh, med tech and, and ed tech. And, and there's no no um, sh- sharing of the, the greater good, which I do see. And that I see within the Regina Centre, within the Saskatoon Centre, within Calgary, within Edmonton, within um, over in uh, Winnipeg. And I do see that they do it really well locally, bringing people together. And I see that collectively, the you know, the Uniting the Prairies Conference, from the first one, uh, it was interesting to stand there on the floor and hear and see people talking to each other, not just the thought leaders on the stage, but that mingling and sharing of ideas. And and sure, a, a bit like Tina was saying, sure, a couple of my friends, after very short conversations, ended up moving to another centre. So there is that friendly competition, that rivalry. And, and the truth is, and in my mind, if one centre really steps up, it does bring the others with them. And it's this collective growth, this collective achievement, um, which I'm I'm incredibly proud of. Um, I, I'm just really intrigued, Trevor. You mentioned about having your own um, interests. You've got your investments as well. When I look at um, different organisations you've... Uh, had investments in, you know, Safety Techs, Calia, Off Street, Krugo, Kirby. Um, when you divide your time, and this is a question that I often ask leaders, when you divide your time between your work and your life, that's one thing. How do you decide to split your time in three ways between your life, your work, and your investments, you're only one person, even collaborating with partners. How do you do that? Uh, I've got I two people that really support that. My wife, I'll say that number one. So we're both entrepreneurs. So we have to support each other. And without that in our family, like this wouldn't be possible. I got two young kids. Uh, I wouldn't be able to keep doing what I'm doing if I was still in Calgary, to tell you the truth, because we wouldn't have the time or the resources to support like our personal requirements. So number one, I need that. And then number two, um, with the Bulls, we've got one of the most phenomenal lead analysts that really, I mean, unfortunately, he doesn't have the, the pedigree, a lot of people, because he doesn't have the title, but uh, he really supports a lot of the day-to-day um, grinding. So Jonathan Leapoth is his name. Um, and without him, uh, I don't think I'd be able to continue doing what I'm doing on the business side with my own other ventures while still meeting our fiduciary duty to our investors with our fund. So our fund mandate is truly to support prairie ecosystem growth with a focus in Saskatchewan. And obviously with that is a, an investment aspect, but also is a ecosystem um, support aspect. So uh, what we generally do is divide and conquer. And um, Jonathan and I are able to kind of manage our portfolio needs um, as needed. So depending on what's the requirement or what the level of support is, we don't just invest necessarily. In some cases we do, but for the most part, we really like to and try to stay engaged with those portfolio companies. But then we also do stay engaged with the incubators, whether it's in Saskatchewan or elsewhere, um, and support those as needed. So really, I mean, I've got, like I said, I've got two people. It's funny, I put my wife uh, slightly ahead of Jonathan, but I feel like most weeks it's probably Jonathan Lipo is the one that keeps everybody on track and uh, keeps it's the glue that keeps us all uh, running in the right direction. I, I see there's an absolute sense of collaboration there, regardless of roles and titles, because you all work together for that greater good. And that's something delightful to see. Um, 
I'm very concerned about um, the health and well-being of our leaders and our entrepreneurs and our people who are early stage or further on their journey and getting that balance right and particularly the how people manage their their time and how people don't get overloaded emotionally physically and uh, and the such like from from the perspective of creating uh, balance, uh, Matt, just on this one, how do you ensure that your team here have that balance and that you, like most leaders that I see of an organization, uh, I don't know whether you're like this, but lots of all leaders tend to go, well, you know, I've got to comply with with employment rules and everything with though my team, and I've got to make sure they're okay, but I'll just carry on working till three o'clock in the morning, or I'll just do two o'clock in the morning again. Oh, it's one o'clock again. Oh, it's quiet. Everyone's, you know, I'll just, I'll just do a bit more and a bit more. How do you make sure that you're included in that wider health and well-being piece? It's a good question. Um, I, I think I've gotten better at it with age. I know that I'm, I'm young, but I'm in my 30s now, and we started this when I was in my 20s, and I'm better at it now than I was then. Um, I think having the perspective that things happen and you can't control necessarily everything, the only thing you can control is how you react to it, and you can control your emotional state to it. Uh, taking that perspective and trying not to get too high or low is very helpful. Uh, I think as a leader, you do have an obligation to take care of yourself. No one wants to work for like a tired idiot. Um, you need to get your sleep. You need to eat well. You need to exercise. These are just like fundamentals, right? Um, so once you get those down, uh, I think, yeah, you just kind of have to take care of yourself. And another thing is um, disassociating your personal identity from your business to an extent. I think a lot of uh tech founders especially seem to take, they feel like their self-worth is directly tied to their company, but they're definitely two separate things. Like for me, I view off street as one part of a more full life. Um, it shouldn't be a one-to-one -one relationship there. Uh, Tina, you've seen a lot of things. You've seen a lot of organizations come through Regina and, and Saskatchewan as a, as a wider base. Uh, in my hometown of Bournemouth, UK, I, there was someone who was a shining star, someone who was really that person who was celebrated as the person that founded this, that, and the other, but they got burnt out. And there was this, this collective feeling of what could we have done? When it comes to uh, celebrating the successes, we're obviously wanting to make sure that uh, the people themselves are well. And there's not necessarily the individual responsibility as us as, as, as wider community members. But in that sense, uh, we spot what's happening with our fellow human beings with empathy. Um, there have been times that we've all seen people pushing it that little bit too hard and uh, in whatever background they're from. Is there a sense that we need to look at work-life balance throughout our community? And is there a way that, you know, from from the public sector, uh, there's a, a, an opportunity of further support, maybe in a space that we haven't looked yet? Well, uh, you know, what a big question. I guess the first, my first reaction would to say that one of the, firstly, I think we need to stop glorifying exhaustion and and over busyness and the 24 7 work cycle i think we need to stop glorifying that that's the first thing 
The second thing is I think we've learned through COVID um, that it's blurred the lines between work and family for better or for worse. Um, I actually think it's better coming out of this. I realize that it's been a struggle for those of us who have had kids at home and we've been trying to work and, 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 you know, hold all the balls in the air. It's been a real challenge, but what's been good about that is that it has really, um, opened up the space, particularly for employers or for businesses or for leaders um, to look at their teams differently. And, and that these are, you know, these are whole people. These aren't just the person that shows up at the office every day, but actually this is a whole person that has a family and they're looking after a grandmother who has, in my case, a, a father with COPD during, during a respiratory pandemic and, and what that looks like. And I think it's going to change the way we interact with the people that we work with more as a as whole humans than rather than just this compartmentalized version of who they are and i actually think that over the long term that's going to have much better mental wellness impacts because uh, people won't feel like they have to leave their half their self at the door when they go to work they can be their whole person and and i happen to think that compartmentalizing ourselves has really led to a lot of mental health and wellness challenges and so this has been an incredibly difficult time, but I think there are going to be some really positive things that come out of it in terms of how we interact with each other on multiple levels. And that would include the political level. Um, you know, and I'll just say this because I, I, I feel like I need to say it. What our political leaders have gone through during this pandemic, and it doesn't matter what political party they're in, has been an incredible, incredibly difficult time where nobody's been happy. And, and we're going to have to have a conversation about mental health and wellness and politics too at some point. This conversation is fascinating. I could I could speak to you all, all day. Uh, however, time is working against us. And I would love for people to have the opportunity to connect with you directly. Uh, how could they do that? Maybe it's a LinkedIn, a Twitter, or something like that. Uh, Tina, let's start with you. Well, I'm on, I think, almost every platform except for those my teenage children refuse to allow me to go on. So you can find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Uh, I'm not allowed, apparently, on Snapchat or TikTok yet. So you won't find me there. And Trevor? Uh, probably the best way to connect with me is either uh, LinkedIn or through kind of the Broad People's uh, contact website. Um, I'm also available on uh, Twitter um, and probably more predominantly coming up here in the summer on the Leo's patio. So uh, any of those <laughs> would work fine. Awesome. I'm Matt. Uh, LinkedIn uh, emails, Matt at joinoffstreet.com. Our website has a contact us form that I get that directly. It's just joinoffstreet.com. That's the easiest way. Well, I'd like to say a very big thank you for joining us here on Startupville. I love the fact that I've moved to a part of the world there, that there is this willingness to collaborate and engage with each other. The, the Uniting the Prairies uh, event is stunning. But at the same time, I also celebrate each centre's drive forwards for success, not only in monetary terms, not only in, in growth of numbers of companies, though those are both incredibly important metrics, but in the sense of the growth of community and the well-being that comes from that for all. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 
Startup Bill is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at wetellyourstories.ca. This five-episode series is possible thanks to Collabs, Saskatoon's tech incubator, and the organizers of the UP Conference. Our show is produced by me, Mike Wolsfeld, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from Gigi Riggs and Reactor Production. Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupbill, and find us on Facebook and Twitter at StartupBillPod. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us rise up the ranks. See you next time on Startup Bill.